well, so we went we went from college football to the NFL to the Kardashians somehow. Yep. That is just what you get. That is the kind of content that you get here on Extra Points with Mariah Guzman. What's up, everybody? I'm Mariah Guzman, and welcome to Extra Points with me, Mariah Guzman. I am back. I know I only did one episode, and then I went on a short hiatus, but... I thought I needed to give it some time uh, pending election and all that good stuff. There was just so much happening in the world. I didn't feel like a podcast was right for me at the moment, but we're back. And I have one of my good friends here on the pod to talk some Big Ten football with me, Anthony Pasquale, also known as Schmack Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Seems like I got a little bit of a tough act to follow with Alex, but I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to it. I know, right? Alex was good. Alex was good. But you know what? We we have some history on podcasts together, so it True. just it makes it a little bit better for us. Um, Anthony does tons of podcasts. Um, Anthony, how many podcasts do you have right now? Um, so I do three. I have my own where I talk about the Cubs. It's called the Cubs Corner. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And then I have one with my friend, Bob, um, Football Frenzy. Every week we just predict the uh, the games and he makes a few bets um, for people. He's actually been really good lately. So um, <laughs> that one's also on SoundCloud. And then um, in terms of Illini Sports, uh, me and Patrick Hadazone do Oski Talk um, Mondays and Thursdays, um, through the champagne room. So those are the, uh, the three places you can hear me. If you, uh, don't get tired of my voice in this episode. Wonderful. Wonderful. At least this gives you a different kind of opportunity because as I have told so many of my listeners before, um, this is of course, not just an Illinois based podcast, although, We might have more opinions and more things to say about things in regards to Illinois, especially after these first few weeks. But now we're heading into the fourth week of Big Ten games, and we're kind of starting to see how some teams are playing as hoped or like virtually just not living up to their expectations. And I guess the biggest headline we'll start off with is the fact that Ohio State and Maryland got canceled, which was huge, um, obviously on Maryland's part, because within on Wednesday, they announced that within the past seven days, they had eight cases, which is crazy. Um, and that just makes you think about teams like Illinois or any other team that's had an outbreak that hasn't it hasn't been that big, like eight cases within seven days is huge. So Maryland paused all football activities. Ohio State and Maryland are canceled. I don't think that there's no rescheduling, right? Not at least not yet. Right. I mean, that's like I was actually looking forward to that game because Maryland is I mean, the the first game was like kind of like, oh, God, especially Northwestern. Like you didn't really know where either of those teams were going to be at. And for Maryland to lose that game in like a crushing way, I was like, well, it's Maryland for you, I guess. But then Talia has really just popped off lately and it's been exciting. So I was really looking forward to seeing those two match up. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be the biggest battle, but I thought that that would be a really good game, especially for Talia to just like up the competition that he has on the field even more. 
Yeah, I mean, Ohio State definitely would be his toughest task um, as of late. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Tua ever played Ohio State because he was injured a lot, especially late in the year. So this would be the first tongue of Iloa taken on an Ohio State team. Um, it, I mean, it had a lot of great storylines, but unfortunately with COVID, just not going to happen, at least not this week. Right. And then I guess the other headline we'll touch on is the fact that Indiana is is good. It, it, is Indiana a football state now? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they've been um, they've been great. I know, like the Indiana Penn State upset was kind of like, oh well, it was you know late in the game and whatever and whatnot. But um, I think now they've kind of proved themselves a little. I mean, okay, they won against Rutgers and they won against uh, an apparently not good Michigan team. Um, but they have Michigan State this Saturday, and I definitely don't see them losing that. Um, I guess the exciting game for them will be the next week after that, which is against Ohio State, which hopefully they both get to play because I think that's going to be the real like nice matchup that we get to see probably through the rest of this Big Ten schedule. Yeah, that's that's the Big Ten East, um, probably for the Big Ten East that game, Ohio State and Indiana. Indiana has been really impressive. Um, it's just this entire Big Ten has been really confusing. A lot of teams <laughs> that were supposed to be good just have been really bad, or our records are showing bad. Minnesota one and two, Michigan one and two, Michigan State one and two. You got Penn State zero oh and three. I mean, you think about the teams that Indiana has beaten. It's uh, what Rutgers, Michigan, and Penn State. Right. They're two wins combined, yeah. but. We weren't expecting Indiana to be 3-0 and either. Um, similar to Illinois, they had a really nice turnaround late last year. I think they ended up in a bowl, um, and it kind of flew under the radar. And then all of a sudden, here they are, not flying under the radar anymore. It's, it's a good football team they put together. And, and like you said, the, uh, the Big Ten Indiana teams are 5-0 and this year. So yeah. maybe they are a football state. <laughs> We'd love to see that. Um, so I put out on my Instagram at Mariah L. Guzman, shameless plug, go follow me there, just asking for some questions from different people. So I got some responses from mostly friends and then a couple randoms, which I was excited about because that means people are listening. But um, I guess the biggest question that I'll kind of like help us kick this off and I we're just going to go through questions for the rest of the podcast because it's honestly it touches on a lot of the issues or things that the Big Ten is dealing with right now. So the first question that I got was about Ohio State, and it was how can Ohio State missing Saturday's game impact their playoff situation? And so I guess I'll start off by saying with an already shortened Big Ten season, this has been like this season, every game is an opportunity to boost your resume. So canceled games, no matter what the reason was, only hurt, you know, only hurt you. Because especially like when we look at Maryland and Ohio State, like I don't think that that's going to get rescheduled because where is that going to fit in? Like for now, it's not like, you know, it's not going to get rescheduled. So going into the season, if you wanted a playoff spot, you needed to have a perfect season. That being said, I don't think that that means Ohio State is not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think if you talked about at the beginning of the year, which Big Ten teams had a shot to make the playoff, 
Um, you would probably stop the list at Ohio State and Wisconsin, maybe go a little bit further, but those are probably your two. Um, and then Big Ten cancels, Big Ten restarts, other teams are already four or five weeks into their season already. I mean, the, the committee knows Ohio State is one of the five best teams in, in college football. Right. I don't think 8-0 and as opposed to 9-0 and is going to look that much different when you've got like the Clemsons and the Alabamas and whoever else at, at their 11 and their 12 wins, mm-hmm. you're expecting Ohio state to maybe get nine wins. And, and right. if they're eight, eight and oh, still no losses. I don't think that's enough to knock them out of the, the playoff contention. I just think that like, if this is the only cancellation, maybe not a big deal, but if there's other, right. then we're looking at a different kind of situation. And so what would you say right now, pretty much college football playoff situation is, more than likely Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama. Would you agree with that? Um, say the first team again. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, and uh, Ohio State. Fight me on okay, this. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> I, okay. I think, and I have always, always thought that Notre Dame is historically always overrated. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't and, argue. Sure, you you beat the number one team, but they don't have their number one player. Like, yeah. huge win, great win for your program, but you're not beating them if they have Trevor Lawrence. If you only beat them by three points, six points right, in overtime right. with their backup quarterback, you're not yeah. you're not beating them. Um, and they're they're playing in an ACC conference that is fairly weak aside from Clemson, so they'll probably finish with their their nine wins, their ten wins. They'll end up in the playoff, maybe even be undefeated at that point, but we all saw what happened the last time they went into the playoff undefeated. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was a yeah. terrible game. Um, actually, that was before the playoff. That was just the, the national championship and Alabama destroyed them. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is one of the four best teams. I think those three teams are above and beyond Notre Dame, but if the season ended today, those would probably be my four that, that make the playoff. Right. And it definitely just goes into like how weird this season has been. I mean, especially for like the big 10, but even for those sec teams who they're seeing more cancellations and more things happening. And I mean, not having Trevor Lawrence really killed Clemson, you know what I mean? So, Mm um, I, and I, like circling back to, I guess, focusing on Ohio State, I don't think that the canceled game hurts their playoff chances. Like, definitely not. I definitely think they're going to be one of those teams, right? But it does hurt their seeding. So, but then again, like, if we give it this four-team deal that we've had, I think that that's when you see Notre Dame fall, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what... I think it depends on who they play in the game that's canceled. Like yeah. if your if your game canceled is the Wisconsin game, that's a that's a big deal because that's a team that is going to contend for the Big Ten. That's a team that could beat you. If it's the Indiana game that gets canceled for Ohio State, that's a big deal. But you know Maryland, not not a huge deal. I think yeah. everybody in the world expected Ohio State to win that game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Even with a nice mobile quarterback like Talia, I'm on that Talia hype train, man. I just. I could tell. I can tell. <laughs> I just love, I mean, that family just has some good, talented kids. I think just like good people in general. Um, 
whatever. We won't go into that. We won't talk about Tua too. But um, <laughs> I think it, I think it's just hard. I think in the general like grand scheme of things, it's probably like how can you compare, you know, a maybe like six and zero Ohio State team to like an eight and zero Northwestern team. You know, like if that were to happen. So that's the that's the other big thing. Um, because you you asked me a little bit, and I don't know if you plan on getting into this later. Um about Northwestern being three and zero right now, could they win the, the big 10 West? Um, I think it's, it's, I think Wisconsin still wins it personally, but Oof. I don't know, like Wisconsin is going to win it at like six and zero, and, okay. and Northwestern is yeah. going to be like eight and one and they have the better right. winning percentage. So they technically win the big 10, but it, did they say that's how they're going to do it? Is it going to be by winning percentage? Like how are they, are they going to make Wisconsin Northwestern play anyway because isn't that how they usually do the the west and the east i mean i'm not entirely sure but i think wisconsin's a better football team than northwestern personally and (laughs) i think um i think they're gonna have the better winning percentage just playing less games well that's fine we can just go we will just roll right into the next question (laughs) and anthony you're just like pushing me ahead oh this is the uh we're both podcast hosts, like getting yeah. like in between us right now. Um, but no, I like that. So the next question that we were going to go over was, does Northwestern win the Big Ten West or can they or are their chances high? I personally have never been a fan of Northwestern, like in any form, shape, way, capacity, <laughs> have always been a hater never have wanted them to do good in anything. That's not just like the Illinois fan in me. I just have like a personal vendetta against that school with that <laughs> with that being said um you know i i have to give it up i tweeted last saturday after northwestern's win like are they really the favorites for the big 10 west like am i really seeing this right now like is this for real you know what i mean so I don't know. They so they play Purdue this weekend. I feel like it's safe to say. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Whoever <laughs> wins this game because Purdue has the same record. Three and zero. No, no, they they had a Wisconsin game canceled, two. so they're two and zero. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. So that's what we're dealing with. I think it might be safe to say if Northwestern wins this game, and Wisconsin is still on the COVID struggle bus. <laughs> they win the Big Ten West. I, I hear you there. Right? Like, I don't... And, and the thing was Wisconsin, too. So they had Purdue and Nebraska canceled. They have... They're playing Michigan, a bad Michigan team, at that on Saturday. But Mertz is still... Like, he's now a possibility. I think he's still following protocols. So he could come back this game. I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything final that he is. Of course, we probably won't even know until whoever steps out on the field. Um, If he can come back, they're definitely going to throw him out there. I'm sure. Like, why wouldn't you? They need him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't. Why am I like so optimistic that Northwestern (laughs) is going to win the West? God, what's wrong with me? (laughs) I'll um, okay. I'll. I'll give my thoughts then. First of all, I am not a historical Northwestern hater. I grew up, um, I grew up rooting for Illinois because I I liked the orange color. Like mm-hmm. that's why I started liking Illinois. That's why I rooted for Illinois over Northwestern. But I have family that lives really close to Evanston, um, so we would go to Northwestern games. Um, I remember like Justin Jackson, who's now a Charger, 
being really good for Northwestern and those like the kind of teams I grew up with. And then obviously go to Illinois, that stops. I'm an Illinois fan, obviously, <laughs> like um, not rooting for Northwestern anymore. But I mean, you look back two years ago, they won the West and then lost the Big Ten to Ohio State last year, a really bad year. That was the surprise. It's not the surprise that they're good. The surprise was that they were so bad last year. So I think a lot of people overlooked them coming into this year. Um, but I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach. They're a better team um, than they showed last year, in my opinion. Yeah. But that being said, um, all these other teams in the West have way more ways to win, I think. Um, yeah. Northwestern isn't going to beat you in a shootout. And Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, they love shootouts. They could get into those every week. Um, I think the teams that can beat Northwestern are the teams with the great offenses. So your Wisconsin's, your Minnesota's, your Purdue's. And I know Minnesota's only one and two, and their one win was against an Illinois team that looks terrible. But <laughs> they, they've, been, they've been injured they're just getting healthy. Purdue has been missing their best players, at least in the first few games. Yeah. Um, and then they had a week off and then Wisconsin looked phenomenal and then have had three weeks off. Those are your big competition there. I think it's, it's ludicrous to say Minnesota could catch them with already two losses. So it's going to be Purdue or it's going to be Wisconsin. Um, I don't know how they're going to decide it with winning percentage because yeah. Northwestern is going to end up playing more games. God forbid they have a, an outbreak or something like that. Um, I feel like that school is so tight. They're above, they're above outbreaks. Yeah, they right, 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 right. <laughs> they're so prestigious that they just, COVID just cannot get into that football stadium. Um, yeah, unless what, they beat like a Wisconsin and then they rush the field, right? Right. <laughs> just slight shade. Um and then when you look at Wisconsin's schedule, so they have, like I said, Michigan this week. Northwestern the next week after that. So that might be like a tell all. Like, what do those teams look like against each other, especially with a. Yeah, I mean, be... Northwestern can prove it the next two weeks, right? It's right. Purdue and then it's Wisconsin. Yeah. So I don't think that we can answer. I think we can have our little predictions, but I don't think we can answer it in these next two weeks. Everybody's going to be able to answer it. And then, but then mm -hmm. not only that, like, then Wisconsin plays Minnesota, should be a win. Then Indiana. That'll be a nice game to watch. Doesn't really fit into what that, we're that'll about, be. Though. Yeah, that'll be a nice game to watch, though. And then for sure. um, I think that'll play, tell you who's the second best. Right. And then they play Iowa. So it's like they have more than not a likely chance to finish off with more wins. You know what I mean? So it's like. And then who who did their games canceled against Purdue, uh, Maryland and. No, Purdue and Nebraska. Oh, Purdue, Nebraska. Right. So they've only missed two, two weeks so far. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then my the next thing you've got to ask is Wisconsin still somehow ranked at 13 in the country. Mm -hmm. um, if they can come back, win, 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 beat Ohio State week nine, do they get playoff questions, consideration? Oof. I don't think Wisconsin should get a playoff consideration. That's my bold take. I <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no, but I see what you're saying, though. I think, I think, give it these next two weeks. We're gonna revisit it, and then, yeah. and then we'll see where we're at because this season has proved to have so many surprises and has Purdue er, Purdue <laughs> has <laughs> proved 
for like any prediction that anybody's ever made to be wrong, especially especially when you talk about Illinois. Dear God, like yeah, every I was single say, every I had single them prediction. Three and zero at this point, and they are very much not three and zero. So. <laughs> Okay, we're going to flip the page. We're going to move on. Ooh, let me get a little stretch in. Um, coaches, co- this is another question, not, not one of mine. Um, coaches that are on the hot seat. Okay, so I'll start off by saying, quick note, Jim Harbaugh is definitely on the hot seat with a one and two Michigan team that's just like, just like straight up, not good. Like, wh- <laughs> I don't, you're just straight up. I don't know what more to say. They're just not good. So people are definitely... Um, going to be knocking on his door. Anyways, I know we can elaborate more on Lovey Smith. Definitely on the hottest of all seats has been for his entire tenure at Illinois. I feel um, definitely nothing new to the program either. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing new for sure. I think you talk about, I want to talk about Harbaugh first. Um, he's been, Like you get great recruits at Michigan every year. You have a good team every year. You're going to win eight, nine games. You're going to make a bowl every year. I could coach Michigan and they'd win a bowl (laughs) or they'd make a bowl. And that that's not the challenge, the challenge for Michigan. And it's always been these two things, beat Michigan state and get over the hump against Ohio state. And that should put you in national playoff contention. That's all that's literally all they need to do. And he can't do it. He cannot do it. This is what year five, year six. And I think he's one in five against Ohio state and they keep losing to Michigan state also. I mean, it's been terrible and that's all you hire a coach in Michigan to do. So I think days are numbered for him in Michigan. Um, And I also think he might be done like coaching period because he unless the NFL wants him back, but he won't coach another college team besides Michigan. That's the only team he would coach. And he doesn't really coach the way the NFL plays anymore. So I I think it might be the end of his coaching career. Unless he goes back up the ladder, like defensive coordinator to two head coach or something. Right, right, right. It also makes you question like what kind of recruits has he had or does he have that were big recruits that – he wasn't able to shape in the way that they should have been. You know what I mean? That's the thing that yeah. I've, that's the thing that I've looked at with, Oh God, with Lovey Smith too, is like, there's a lot of good guys on that team. A lot. There's a lot of NFL like good prospects. people. You mean? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Good players. Right. Like good players. Um, and I don't know if like, I don't know what the disconnect, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, go into lobby but like I don't know what the disconnect is there between the coaching and the performance on the field because these players at this point on Illinois are smart they're experienced they're well-rounded they know what the game is they know how to play I'm not questioning their talent at all because they have it I just don't understand where it's where the disconnect is like I don't get what's not working what what pieces aren't fitting because yeah this is this was the team this was the Illinois team that we were expecting to be really good um and now we're just Illinois fans and honestly people around the big time are looking at Illinois like what's why are we like regressing you know yeah they they they're the imposter um (laughs) but 
I, I'm going to go go back really quick to the, to the Michigan point, too, because I, I think that's a really good point also. Um, he's an NFL coach, right? He should be able to turn these guys into the NFL. But you look at the Big Ten, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, those are the teams that are producing these NFL impact players year mm-hmm. after year after year. I mean, Ohio State had two or three drafted in the first round this year. Iowa gets some defensive linemen, tight ends every year. Wisconsin has a running back and an offensive line every year that are doing Michigan, well in the NFL that are, yeah, that are doing well. They make pro balls, et cetera, et cetera. And Michigan, same, same type of recruits, all of that. They get their players into the NFL here and there, but aside from Tom Brady, I cannot tell you one Michigan player who made a huge impact in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like, and maybe I'm missing an obvious person. Um, the listeners could come at me if I am, but right. Real <laughs> peppers comes to mind. But I mean, he's nothing spectacular, whereas like Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas, Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taylor, George Kittle, like all these guys, those are big 10 guys and and they're not Michigan guys. Side note, Jonathan Taylor is like, not that I didn't think that he wasn't going to be impressive this season, but like that kid is just, I mean, he went into the NFL looking like an NFL player. You know what I mean? Like that kid was just like geared for the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's been lucky. Also, because he went from a team in the Big Ten with one of the best offensive lines in the country mm-hmm. to the team in the NFL with arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. So right. he's had that luxury that maybe like, uh, I don't know, um, Dobbins has a good offensive line, too. But yeah, immediately, though, you, like you I, get what I'm saying. He, yeah. yeah, he looked like an NFL player in college and he's shown why. And I, and I knew that, too, like what you were saying, that he was going to be in a good position when he got drafted. I was mm-hmm. like the Colts. That's perfect. Like that's yeah. where he's gonna. And and it's good to see because those are things that I. This is so veering off the conversation, but it's fine. Those are things that like you th- really think about when you watch these players go from college to NFL. And that was one thing that, going back to my man's Tua, um, you know, I was I was curious to see because I mean, not even just from a health aspect, but from a, what are we gonna see when he's with the the dolphins and now and, and you're a burrow guy too right yeah yeah woman okay but... <laughs> well you know you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> supporter for burrow supporter yeah i think uh, this is so 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 off off track but i think herbert's the best quarterback in that class yeah okay well this is a fun argument because it's i think it's like who would you take long term burrow herbert or tua and I, I for health reasons would stray away from Tua, right? Um, right. Long, longevity. And Tua is more limited. He yeah. there's less. He, I mean, he's going to turn it over much less than the other two guys. But he, if he's down, how I I don't like his deep ball. I like Herbert's deep ball a lot yeah. better. Yeah. Like if, Herbert if is... I'm down by twenty, I want Herbert as my quarterback. Yeah, and and then when you talk about Burrow too, I I see longevity for Burrow. I see a long, yeah. solid career. I don't know if I see like a the goat Tom Brady career, you know. But I I see no, like but a, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, I right? see. I mean, he'll he'll be a quarterback for 20 years. Yeah, and you just know, and he's gonna throw his yards. He's gonna throw his touchdowns. Um, I mean, not as accurate and a little bit better of an arm, but I see like a Drew Brees out of Burrow yes. and they wear the same number too. Yes. Oh, um, lovely. <laughs> and then, and then Herbert, 
again, not trying to make this comparison because he's not as talented, but I see more of a Aaron Rodgers run around, sling the ball. Yeah, for sure, um, which we like, you know, and the and, NFL and likes. not obviously not quite like the Mahomes talent either, but no. that type of arm, mm-hmm. um, arm strength, and and he can run a little bit too, like Rodgers, and it's a yeah. little bit overlooked. And then Tua is kind of like a Kyler sized Drew Brees. Yes. Yes. And, and also, like he's as accurate, but, and I also, I hate watching lefties throw the ball. I can't stand it. <laughs> I don't know why. It just doesn't look right. Bothers you. Is, is yeah. Talia lefty too? Do we know that? I was going to ask you earlier. We should know that, but I right. can't tell you off the top of my head. I think he's a righty, but I, I'm not positive. I know. I'm glad that he went to the Big Ten though. I think that was an interesting move. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sh- That's so funny. Um, also, another extreme side note off the a million side notes that we've had so far. <laughs> um, did you see how disappointed Kyler looked after that loss to the Dolphins? That was like, I felt so bad for him because they both played their hearts out. Like that was such yeah. anybody who was watching anything else immediately turned to that game because that game was just so it was just good, yeah. exciting football and it was two uh-huh. good quarterbacks it was it was a lot of things working for the both of them and I don't I'm not I mean I'm not going to speak for him obviously but I don't think that he should have been so upset with himself is like what I saw like I don't he like played a really good game I mean he got me a lot of points in fantasy I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was riding with him that week you know <laughs> uh-huh. I was uh, I was the idiot watching Garrett Gilbert try to beat the Steelers at that you, same time. Yeah. Oh, um, well, that was also like a you know you yeah. I, we wanted dude, to watch I don't that. know what about it, but I was like all in on Garrett Gilbert. I was like, <laughs> beat these Steelers. But um, yeah, I think I think the reason it was Kyler looked so beat up is because, like you said, he played a great game, and he's he's starting to realize kind of kind of like the Russell Wilson type of thing. Um, he knows with that defense, he has to do a lot to win games. And I mm-hmm. think that look was a, what more do I have to do to win these yeah, games? And, and here's Tua put into a situation, really good coach, really good defense. And they just decided, you know, we have Fitzpatrick. He could throw 300 yards. He could win us the shootout games. But with this defense, we don't need to be in shootouts. We need mm-hmm. to have a guy that's not going to turn the ball over. And that's what Tua was in the first game against the Rams. And then everybody's like, oh, well, he's limited. And then here he is scrambling, making throws, accurate throws. He's he's not as limited as people think. Um, but I think it also showed that Kyler's kind of a few steps above him. Yeah. Um, that's just so... And then you bring up the Seahawks. And then I think of like when we go back to our coaching conversation and like the NFL versus college and like back and forth. And you see coaches like... Pete Carroll, who were amazing in college and then proved to only be even better in the NFL. So that's another conversation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here, here's here's an okay, so far off track, but here's another question about Russell Wilson. Um, he's obviously an extreme talent, like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably ends up as one of the best quarterbacks ever. Um, but I don't like him right now. Yeah. I think he fits so much better as a manager of the game with a great defense and a guy who has to do it all. And I might get heat for this, say whatever you want. 62 (laughs) great record. He's thrown a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns, but he threw three picks against the bills and he threw three picks against the Cardinals. Like great quarterback. I love the guy. I have a Jersey in my closet right there of Russell Wilson. 
another Big Ten guy, Wisconsin guy, not a Michigan yeah. guy. Hey, but, so we're not veering that far off track. It's fine. <laughs> but but when he's asked to do these heroic things, he makes great plays, et cetera, et cetera. But he turns the ball over a lot. And Kyler is going to be that type of guy, turns the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua is not. Drew Brees is not. Mahomes is not. So if you look at it like that, I don't know. I'm not. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Tua is going to be better than Russ. I'm not. But and Russ has a Super Bowl. He should have another. But what happened at the end of that game? Yeah. Through an interception. You know, yeah. like it's. You're right. You have a point there. That makes you like <laughs> think of. I don't know. But nobody will say it because they love Russell Wilson. And I love right. Russell Wilson, too. But yeah. he could have he could have more Super Bowls. Uh, and obviously credit to him for doing everything that he's doing this year with a terrible defense. They're on pace to give up 6,000 passing uh, yards. Like I, he does and not he's six and two that. like that. Like exactly. He does. He deserves the Legion of boom back there. You know, <laughs> I love that. Okay. We'll leave that conversation there. Um, God, I love talking. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to like not sometimes veer off into NFL conversation, especially when it has to do with college teams. I mean, it's only fair. So the next question that we had, which I think I might just like kind of scan over really quickly was why have programs like Michigan and Penn State had slow starts to their season? And I'll just answer this by saying I think a a Penn State versus Ohio State week one would have never happened pre-COVID, right? So I think a lot of this is just looking at the weird season, the immediately hard, tough season, and them not being able to make adjustments against small teams, you know? And Yeah, that's that's one of the things that's been Illinois' um, criticism too. Yeah. You, you open against Wisconsin, you didn't get three little tune-ups and then Rutgers before Wisconsin, you know? So it's it's hard starting your season one. No, they haven't done it in a long time. And a lot of these teams haven't done it in a long time. They play against the Akron's for a reason. Right. And it's yep. to, to get your wins, get your confidence before you take on. And, yeah. 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 And a lot of these teams didn't get that. Um, I think you're seeing who's the, the real good teams by who's winning these games initially. Um, like your Ohio State's, duh. Uh, Wisconsin came out looking great, et cetera. But, but then this is also why we're surprised about Northwestern at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but, like, but that's a that's a coaching thing too. Yeah, It's about preparation and everything. And I mean, Go Cats could be annoying, but he's a good coach. You can't yeah. deny that. So I and mean, I've that's always, like, I'm sorry. I've always like wanted to give teams through this that have been struggling so far, like especially with Illinois, like the benefit of the doubt as far as like, well, these are also just guys that have had to deal with a pandemic the same as everybody else in this world. Uh And uh they've had to, you know, deal with losses on their team. Illinois has had how many guys out for how long? They're still not going to get their starting quarterback um, for another week, maybe. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a lot happening that I think that, um, that's why, like, I've been, I've hated and I always didn't agree with any like preseason predictions or preseason rankings because I was like, we're going to go into the season and none of this is going to be correct besides <laughs> maybe Ohio state. Yeah. And that, maybe I mean, that's Wisconsin. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, on Oski talk, and I don't know if any of you guys listen to that, but at the beginning of the year, um, 
big loss to Wisconsin from Illinois. And then um, Pat asked me after they announced all of our guys were going to be missing, um, does it matter? Like, does this season matter without these guys? And I was like, well, you know, I don't think it's a season where you can fire your head coach after it because, you know, you're working against the odds and this, that, and the other thing. And here I am two weeks, two weeks later saying if we don't beat Rutgers, Lovey has to leave. Like, and I didn't expect to be thinking that way, but it's just the way this team has looked the last two weeks. I don't care that you don't have your starting quarterback. You're not supposed to win these games, but don't lose by, by 40. Don't look incompetent offensively. Yeah. You know, and like, the thing, like where's the fight? Where is it? Exactly. Where is have, it? You have teams like Rutgers who are still fighting against teams like Ohio state, you know? So it's like they, in that, in the Rutgers Ohio state game, like, they lost. They gave up 49 points, I think, to Ohio State. But they still put up a good fight in the second half. At least try. At least, like, try yeah. to make something happen on the field that makes it look like you gave it your all. And it's the same thing that we go back to with the um, the Arizona versus uh, Miami game. It, it, both mm-hmm. of those teams played their hearts out, and it just, you know, so happened that Miami won you know, but it very yeah. well could have been Arizona. So it's like, it's those things that I think we're seeing and that I'm not going to give Illinois a pass on this season is you didn't put up a fight last week. And if you don't win yeah. against Rutgers, I don't, I have nothing left to say <laughs> as far as positive yeah. things. You talk um, Purdue week one, missing the starting quarterback and Randall Moore, I think beats mm-hmm. Iowa on yeah. the road. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Wisconsin pretty sure right missing too. their starting quarterback. Backup quarterback comes in, throws five touchdowns against Illinois in the first half, I think. Four mm-hmm. in the first half, one in the second half. Didn't incomplete a pass until the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Other teams have been up against these barriers. I mean, those two teams combined are 3-0, and and we're 0-3. You know, yeah. like, you can you can use it as an excuse. You're not supposed to necessarily win without your starting quarterback, and you're up uh, offensive line kicker. You got a lot of people missing, but your head coach is still there. Your defense is essentially still intact. The same defense that almost led the league in takeaways last year. Where, where's all of that? You yeah. know, why, why are you giving up 40 yards right down the middle with two senior safeties back there? I like, yeah, that's not because of COVID. I promise yeah, no. you. you know? <laughs> COVID is not the answer to all the problems in the world. Um, like you can social distance, but when you're on the field, you should not give them minimum six yards separation. And they have all the time. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Um, (laughs) moving on. Um, I had a question that I've been kind of harping on because I don't really know how to answer with like seeing how Illinois season has gone so far. Somebody asked about who we see so far for the top five NFL prospects for Illinois. And I know Oh God, I'm sad. Um, so, <laughs> so there were some that I definitely saw as NFL prospects, like Marquez Beeson and Nate Hobbs. But Mark Beeson is—he's like, young. He's young, and I think for him to be on any list as NFL prospect was kind of like, well, he doesn't have experience. Um, yeah, he missed and, a year an injury, and mm-hmm. he hasn't been playing um and and Nate Hobbs man I have been disappointed to say the least it's a good word (laughs) and I don't know like Illinois secondary just needs help yeah I I think 
um, prospect wise, those guys are off, off the list. Um, yeah. Which I'll just, they, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'll rattle off some names, not necessarily putting them in order. Um, yeah. Wait, I, So you list your name and then if I have it, then I'll say that and we can talk, but if I don't, then okay. we'll keep going. Um, I'll just lay it out there. As of right now, Brandon Peters should not be on that list. Not at all. Um, I, I, I was hoping he would be, but he's not. Um, no way. And who knows the way the season goes. So him off the list. <laughs> Jake Hansen. Yes, I have him on he'll, my list. He'll he'll get looks in the NFL, maybe a, a second day or third day pick. Um, showing versatility. He could play the mic. He could play the weak side. He could play the strong side. Um NFL teams love linebackers who can force fumbles. Yeah, and that's he does it nonstop. So that's the thing. I mean, like, that's what's putting Hanson ahead um, when he lacks in in size, which is hilarious. Like, I remember he's a when big I, dude too. Yeah, it's not like he's a small guy. And this was something that like dates back to when I was like eight years old, and my dad was teaching me about football. And it's so funny because I remember him like mentioning I don't even I can't couldn't even tell you who it was. But they're like, yeah, he's like, he's good. But, you know, he's small for his size. And I'm thinking like, dad, that guy's 6'2 and like 240 <laughs> pounds. That's small. Like, and and so I remember like just being young and size never really like making sense to me because I'm like, but he's still big. But NFL yeah, big massive. is, you know, very different. It's different. Um, yeah, it's different. So I think when you look at Hanson, I don't think that, okay, well, I mean, yeah, his small size is going to play into the factor that he's not going to get he wouldn't get picked, like you said, until late later. Um, but I don't think it matters in terms of how hard he works, how hard he plays, and the ability to force fumbles. I think that he's not yeah, like – I mean, I mean, is he a for sure lock, or does he just have high chances? I think he's got a good chance. I also think now that you, you're um, – you've got me stuck on the size for a second. <laughs> I mean, maybe – because he knows defenses. Maybe he's yeah. a little smaller. He's good as a coverage linebacker. Mm-hmm. So is that some type of, Jake, we want you on our team. What do you think of playing safety? Yeah, which and those things happen. Those and, things and, happen. And the cornerbacks and safeties with the punch-out ability are even like Marlon Humphrey, They're Charles deadly. Tillman. Like those, yeah, those are lethal. Yeah. lethal <laughs> so... Like, man, could you could, imagine Hanson? Oh, he would be, he would be a good weapon in those terms. I feel maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, and maybe not like, probably he's not going to be a middle linebacker in the NFL. No, I, he's too small. Mm-hmm. Um, but so put him, put him on the the weak side where he matches up with the running backs out of the backfield or the the tight ends or like in the slot. You know. Yeah. He, I mean, he could do that. I feel mm-hmm. like that that's more of the spot for a smaller linebacker, bigger safety type. So maybe. Yeah. All right. Who's your, I'll go. Um, in no particular order, of course I had um, reasonably Blake Hayes. feel like that's it. Yeah. I didn't even think of him, but he's absolutely, he won't get drafted, but he'll get signed. Right. That's, that's the thing is like there, it's not a highly drafted but, position. I think like yeah. two, I think two punters were drafted. Um, in this past draft, um, he'll get signed like immediately when the draft ends. So like right. real quick, cause right. he's, and that's why we're talking about like NFL prospects versus like actual, like yeah. draft prospects. I hear um, so yeah, but I mean, average 40, what do I have here? 44.6 yards per punt. And he just like last year 
And he just has like overall good leg strength. I think that's kind of like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me that. I feel like in the beginning of the season, I was like, duh. But like, I didn't want to like say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He'll be in the NFL. What's your next one? Controversial because of the start of the year. Uh-huh. But Josh Metter, baby. Yes. Okay. So I had him on my list. Um, definitely like has everything you look for in the NFL, right? Has length, has strength, overall, like, athleticism to get into the backfield. Um, and is just, like, a natural red zone target. Yeah, he's got, like, he gives me, like, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, super super strong guys. Obviously, this year, Bebe has had a problem catching the ball, which is his number one goal as a receiver. You have yeah, to catch the ball, and right. he's had some drops this year. But last year, he was making catches that Illinois receivers hadn't seen in a long time. And a lot um, of times, he was the only reason why we won that day, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was huge to the offense. Um, and I'm pretty sure Bebe knows um, DK. Oh. And so any type of, like, training with – and whenever DK does something um, – Josh will like retweet it and be like, way to go, big bro, and stuff like that. So they there's a relationship there at least, which is a good guy to have a relationship with. Right. Um I think maybe not drafted, but I could see Bebe making some noise on Sundays. The the body and the the makeup is too attractive to pass up. Yeah. Um I definitely agree there. So we'll go with another, I feel like for sure special teams man, um, James McCourt. Just gonna, yeah. Kickers are weird. Um, he's not as good as Chase McLaughlin was, and (laughs) Chase has had some trouble sticking in the NFL. He played for the Niners, he played for the Colts. He's with the actually signed like two days ago with the Jaguars, so that's good news. Mm -hmm. Um, McCord will be, I mean, unless you're like Justin Tucker or Will Lutz, you play for like four teams a year. But like he'll he'll be one of those guys that bounces around and plays for teams. Right, definitely like in the mix there. So maybe not like as for sure as I expected because now you kind of like put that into better perspective for me. I think maybe my next one is uh, Alex Pelcheski. I don't know. How I was going to say Pelcheski, Doug Kramer, Kendrick Green. They'll the offensive line is going to find their way into the yeah. NFL. Kramer for sure. Yeah, I don't know um, how I feel about KG. I don't. Kramer's don't. been ranked like a top center like three years in a row. Yeah, he'll, Kramer he'll was on my list too. NFL. Yeah. Palcho should probably, he's had a tough year with penalties, but they've also been moving him around a lot with the guys that have been out with COVID. Exactly. Um, so, but but that offensive line is is loaded with prospects for, yeah. for the NFL. I think at least two of those three that I said, and there is a fourth guy, I can't remember, um, that might get some looks too, but at least two of those guys should end up in the NFL, I think. Yeah, I think Palcho and Kramer. Um, I don't. I just don't know how I feel about Kendrick Green. Not that he's not good. Yeah, I, I just don't you. know how I feel about like NFL Kendrick Green. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess I yeah. I, well, we talked about the questionables like Nate Hobbs, mm, um, Milo Eifler. I don't know how I feel about. He looks like an NFL player, but he yeah, doesn't play like an NFL player. Yeah. Um, he he makes, I mean, they don't like, the NFL hates guys who get 
personal files. It's mm-hmm. detrimental to the team. And Milo's good for two, three a year. Yeah. And we only play like eight games. And another thing was, um, I guess, circling back to Palcho is like, he's been a, a consistent starting right guard. He has plenty of experience since his freshman year. Yeah. He was starting a hefty amount of games. And now he's like a consistent starter. So I think like, and he has the size. So I think yeah. there's a lot of things that work for him there. Whereas like, when you're looking at the O-line, like what, players would and would not go from Illinois. I think that he has like the better of the chances there because he's just like solid experience. No matter what happens this year, there's still plenty of other things that people or, you know, that can be looked at. Yeah. Um, and wait, so I need a clarification on this. Does Mike Epstein, is this his final year? Does he have another year left? This is his last. This is senior year. So because he never redshirted, right? Am I, I think he redshirted. I think he redshirted once, but He's been on the team since 16, I think. He was my, we're the same age. So I was kind of confused about oh, that. Okay. I okay. thought we were. Maybe then we're Maybe not. he um, has another year. I don't think he does so. Because somewhere I saw said junior Mike Epstein. And I was like, well, it says on Illinois side. Actually, maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It says he's a senior on there, but I didn't see a red shirt mark you know how they usually do so that's why i was kind of confused because obviously i haven't been covering this team since mike epstein started um so that's where i don't know so forgive me listeners if i sound like an idiot right now um but he was a i think so i don't know if he has another year left or not um if he does if he stays healthy this year and he has another season left or he performs even better than this season i think he's a good I don't know if he's like a, I don't, God, I don't know. See, I want to agree with you so, so bad. I, but but I don't even know if I agree with myself. You know I'll, what I mean? Okay, maybe after I say this, you'll, you won't agree with yourself. Reggie Corbin <laughs> doesn't have a job. Yeah. But and I think, I, I don't know. I, was, I, was I don't, I don't think that Corbin was better than, I think really? it was, I, yeah, I would take, wow. I, yeah, I would take Epstein over Corbin. Really? That's surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. Would you take Epstein over Dre? Ooh, I feel like I would. Really? So Epstein's the best back of like the last three years. I When I was looking, dude, when I, so my comeback, huh. I don't know if my comeback player or like my sleeper player of the season, I don't know what the exact title of it was, but it was Mike Epstein. Um, and I yeah, feel I mean, like some people were like, oh, easy. basic, blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> I just thought, I just thought that like, this guy shows off so much and then he gets injured, right? So I think that the way I was looking at it is if he did, you know, this, like, I don't, in 16 games played, I think it was something like one, 1,000, like a little over a thousand yards rushing, maybe. I can't, I can't remember the exact set. But like, uh-huh. I think when you have numbers like that through a short amount of time, I don't know. He just, and it also like, maybe it's not fair to like say that he was better than so-and-so and so-and-so after like I've seen his played less, mm-hmm. but I just feel like the production on the field is just like, there's no question. Um, and I don't know if like we saw from Corbin, the same Corbin last year that we did the years before. That's why, I, that's why I have make that take that like, okay. I've seen over, I just think he's like solid, like fundamentally just uh-huh. solid guy. Um, and I guess he's got, he's got okay size. Again, I can't be a good judge on that. <laughs> I, okay. I 
disagree with you. I hear what you're saying, I but this. I, I disagree, disagree with you. With you. Please. Um, <laughs> I, I think Reggie is one of the best backs Illinois has ever had. He had well, the one of the, yeah, he had the a thousand yard year in 18 uh-huh. and then, or no, 19. Okay. Oh no, it'd be 18. Last year was nine. <laughs> and then last year he had like five or 600 yards, but the team had more weapons. So he took more of like a decoy role type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and yeah. Dre, Dre got a lot of action too. I personally would rank him Reggie, Dre, Epstein. Oh, I, I would at least put Epstein like in the middle. I loved Dre last year. I thought he was great. I did too. And I, I thought both of those guys would find NFL teams. I actually thought Dre would be a little bit more likely because he's a little bit bigger and he runs more like an NFL player. Really? Than I Reggie didn't think does. that he would. I just knew um, that he wouldn't. And I've heard that that Reggie had like deals set in place, but like couldn't figure it out at the last second. So honestly, out of the running backs, this this might be like the hot take. Out of the running backs Illinois has on their team right now, I think it's more likely that Reggie Corbin gets a spot in the NFL before they do. Okay. I mean, yeah. Because I feel like he's still working out and everything, and he's still live tweeting Illinois games. Yeah, right? He's still so involved. Gotta love that. Um, Okay, so to end the show, um, of course the title of the show is Extra Points. So my idea for a new segment is to basically me and whatever guest on that week will just allot a player, a coach, a team, like our extra point for that week, right? So... I think after this whole conversation, um, I'm so biased. Um, and I just have to give my oh, my well. extra point. My extra point is going to go to Mike Epstein just because I'm really oh, happy okay. for this guy. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, and it's nice to see him succeed, even if it, you know, even if the game last week did overshadow the success that he had and the nice little uh, career marker that he had. I think I'm just, I'm looking forward to see where he goes. So he gets my extra point this week. Okay. What are, what are the rules here? Like, no rules. No Honestly, rules. no rules. Okay. Anybody can get your extra point. It could be like a <laughs> defensive coach that got your extra point. <laughs> okay. Does it have to be Illinois or? No, 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 I no. I'm just, I just uh, threw okay. my bias out there right, right then and there. Um, All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to take one away from Jim Harbaugh. So now I got two to give. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to give, I'm going to give one to your credit. I'm giving one to Tua for, for his uh, efforts against the Cardinals and just, you know, Oh, we're going NFL here. Okay. (laughs) That's that's what I'm doing. And then I'm giving the other one to another former big 10 quarterback. Um, Huge game on Sunday. Do you want to guess? Huge game on Sunday. No, I don't want to guess. (laughs) <laughs> Drew Brees. Okay. Oh, duh. Yeah. That was a tough game. I I like the Saints, so I was very happy with that game. I hate Tom Brady. No, I I, I, I respect Tom Brady like through the roof, but I'm not right. a fan of the Super I respect team. I respect both. Never really been a fan of Drew Brees. Have always been a Saints fan though. Like mm. when the Bears have had had their moments. Well, when Reggie Bush was on the Saints, I, I hated was like, that. But I was like a Saints fan because of Reggie Bush, even though Reggie Bush okay. did not do okay. well. But I just loved him so much that that was like my reasoning for liking, you know. And then he dated mm. a Kardashian and, you know, everything just went downhill from there. But um, <laughs> well, so we went we went from 
college football to the NFL to the Kardashians somehow. Yep. That is just what you get. That is the kind of content that you get here on Extra Points with Mariah Guzman. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me. If you want, you can plug your social media and your uh, other outlets again if you want. Okay, so um, the Twitter is ant-pasquale3. Um, <laughs> that's the Twitter. And then on there is usually where I post all the podcasts. It's Cubs Corner, Football Frenzy, and then Oski Talk. Perfect. And he's also a really good writer for the Champagne Room covering football and basketball, right? Yes. So, Dual threat now. Right. For sure, read his stuff, but read mine before you read his stuff. Um, agreed. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, it was good to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. I always uh, enjoy our talks, and I feel like our podcast banter just gets better every single time. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. Thanks for having me. Anytime uh, you want to veer off topic, let me know. Love that. All right. I'll talk to you later, Anthony. See you later. All right, guys. That was me and Anthony Pasquale. I know the conversation definitely veered off into different directions, but honestly, let's be real. If you guys are listening to this for Big Ten football, you were able to follow along for any different NFL or uh, various talks that we had throughout the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the talk. I think Anthony was a great guest. Um, my only my second guest, but I'll put him in the in the top top two. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, leave a review, all that fun stuff, and go ahead and follow me on Instagram if you want to be a part of my questions for next week's episode. I'll catch you guys later and enjoy another weekend of Big Ten football.